welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. We are back. We have no idea if we are coming through on Blog Talk very well, because on our one studio computer, it was very muted, but we are back. This is the Asylum Six Pack. Yes, you heard right, ladies and gentlemen. We have changed uh, platforms. We have changed our whole modus operandi, but we're still Flieger and Briggs. Yeah, we're still a couple of idiots, so it'll still be about the same show. So so welcome back. One thing that did stay the same is the tweeters. Check us out at Asylum Football on Twitter. I assume AsylumFootball.com will still exist. We haven't decided that. So what, Rick? It's been... December, I think, since we've I been I believe on so, it. yes. Once again, life uh, just continuously over and over again getting in the way of uh, what we do. So looking for a full reboot, I think uh, I think it's two things, Rick. Two things is where, where that show went. Life getting in the way. And quite frankly, I can't speak for you, but the topic at hand, the all fantasy all the time, I think I kind of lost my zeal for it a little bit and ready to ready to reboot and do something a little bit different. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I love talking some fantasy sports during football season or fantasy football during the football season. But quite frankly, I'm not into talking about dynasty leagues in March. And, you know, as, as you all well know, we're redrafting. That's the way we're staying. And, um, you know, you want to listen to Dynasty Pod, there's a billion of them out there. <clears throat> but, you know, we're going to stick with some common sense crap. We're going to talk about sports in general. We're going to talk about all kinds of different stuff. And um, as things happen in this crazy world, we will find stuff to talk about yeah we're, we're just gonna have fun with it so so i'll say this now if you're discovering this for the first time i don't know why you would be quite frankly but if you are if you're the diehard fantasy guy you want analytics you want it 12 months a year hey good on you <laughs> you do you brother this ain't gonna be that show it's gonna be i think i can speak for both of those when i say this is gonna be pretty light on the fantasy between now and about august Maybe late July, early August. Yeah, once we get into July, we start talking about some stuff because things will be happening in training camp. Look, we already had a guy just – he's on the IR with a blown yeah. ACL first, r- running around. First play of OTA. I don't want to talk about who's ranked where right now. No. If you ever want to see, you know, why, maybe at least – I'll speak for myself here – why I lost my zeal for sort of that format. the Because we did – We'd intersperse some fun, but we pretty much did Rick Fantasy year-round for years and years. Do this right now, I dare you. If you have any type of following on Fantasy Twitter, do this. Head on out to, on your tweeters, tweet out a top 10 list of any position you want and watch 42,000 raving lunatics attack you because you have who you have at 5, they have at 7. And not only are you wrong and you're an idiot, but you should die and your children should be taken away from you. This is what this it's the analytics culture, Rick. And again, I don't I use analytics. I just don't like talking analytics, but my god, what what it does is it, what I have found, Rick, and I, I don't know how you feel, it's kind of created a tunnel vision. It, it's putting everything into a box. There's no room for any 
differentiating opinion on anything whatsoever. It is to be group speak from now until they kick the ball off right after Labor Day weekend. And if you step outside, <laughs> you'll just get savage, which I like a good Twitter fight as much as the next guy, but not about that. I want it to be about something, you know, thinly veiled awful, I said, not about, you know, because I have, you know, Le'Veon Bell ranked six, and the consensus is he should be four or seven. I don't care at this point. You know? So uh, that that's where we're at with it. I'm not disparaging the fantasy community. Well, I kind of am. A lot of you guys are a-holes, and, and, and you know it, so I don't think I'm breaking any news. But for the most part, a lot of good people out there. It just ain't for me. It's not the kind of show we did. And quite frankly, Rick, what mild success we've had over the years had very little to do with our fantasy acumen. <laughs> No, I agree. Um, although we, you know, we did, you know, okay, but it's, you know, we were at, we were at our peak when we were having fun, right? Yeah, and it quit being fun. It really did. I don't. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. No, you're not. It quit being fun. No, because you weren't allowed to have fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Just, well, what it was, yeah, we, and it, it kind of started with. Ajayi. <laughs> yeah. You know, we Ajayi. Yeah, we had fun with J Ajayi's name. And that didn't go over too well with with a certain listener. And it's that's what started it. Yeah, but, and we for some reason we let it get in our heads and we started ticking that way. And look, there's a ton of good shows out there. And I'll tell you what, God bless them. It is hard cuz we've tried to do it. It is hard in mid-June, it is hard on Memorial Day weekend to come up with content simply fantasy-related, all the stats, all the analytics. It's about impossible. There's a, For me, there's only so much I can talk about until there's something tangible in front of me. So, look, those guys that do that, if that's your bag, good for you. Do make that show. Go listen to that show if that's what you want to listen to. That's not what I want to listen to, and that's not what I want to do. So that's, this, and that's not what we are going to do. You're so, absolutely so right, So, quite Rick. frankly, <clears throat> we're not branded at this point. I'll say it. We're not branded as a fantasy show anymore. We're a, just a sports talk to dopes in a for content and, that, and that's one reason why we went live once we start you know getting cl- love to have the callers oh, come in absolutely. again you know jersey <laughs> you're out there give oh, her, you yeah. know dean in connecticut some of our old favorites well, I you know i hope they can find us yeah, give us a call <clears throat> love to talk about anything with you my favorite all-time <sighs> call and feel free to do this to us please do you remember <clears throat> i think it was it kurt warner no I can't remember who it was. This was three or four years ago. We were it was preseason. We were struggling for fantasy content. We were talking about quarterbacks, and we were talking about a quarterback. I can't remember who it is. It doesn't matter. So you know, call in, give us your opinion on this quarterback. So one call pops up because that's what we would get. One or none, <laughs> more <laughs> likely most of the time. When a guy comes, oh, we're thinking, oh, damn, we made it, man. We yeah. got a call. Check it out. Caller, you're on the line. You can't draft this quarterback. Oh, okay. We've been jocking him. Okay, well, we don't necessarily agree, but why is that? I have on good authority he pees on his feet in the shower. (laughs) That's the kind of call I like. That's the kind of radio I want to do. Now, I think he cursed, so we had to whip him out. We tried to be a little more family-friendly back then. Them days may be over as well. I'm not going to go haywire with it, but we're going to be we is is what we're doing here. Yeah, but we're still going to be brought to you by Voodoo Brewery and allsportsmarket.com, you know, where you can invest in pro sports teams. You know, and that's just something to hit on right now. You, You and I have been talking and playing fantasy 
you know, season-long fantasy, daily fantasy for years. You since the Lyndon Johnson era, and, I believe. And it was, what, three years ago when uh, Bernie Nichols came on the show. Awesome guest. We got to track yeah. him. Yeah, I'd now. love to get Bernie on before the finals are over, and it, they're getting started, you know, real soon yeah. here. But um, he came on, and that's when they were launching the AllSportsMarket.com. And um, of course, you know, we got into it, and I tell you what, it is. It occupies a lot of my time, Rick. Yeah, you've been into. It. I need to get deeper into it. I check in on it now and again. It looks like a lot of fun. It is. It's a blast. I mean. It, it, you look at it as, okay, say you invest in whatever. You're, you're talking, I don't know, St. Louis Cardinals, you know, and a pitcher goes down, well, you don't really lose that guy. You still have the Cardinals. Right. And, yeah, maybe they may not win quite as many games as they would with this guy, but, you know, somewhere along the line they still win the – you know, you can still make your money, right. make your dividends. You've it, made it, some real money on this, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, and, and it's, it's, I need to do that. It's it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, if you haven't tried it, allsportsmarket.com. Yeah, it's a, just something else, something else for you degenerates out there to add to your daily fantasy, to your sweat bets, and to your season long fantasy. Throw this in there too, because they can go on forever. I, who everybody I own, I've owned shares of since Bernie came on. Right. Some, some for good and some for bad. And hey, we'll have uh, new commercials cut and everything for Voodoo Brewery because we want to get more of some of the new brews that they've come out with. And yeah, uh, we're gonna do a lot because we want them to send us beer. I mean, obviously. let's be honest. So. Obviously, but you so, know what? I have, and since it's been a while, okay, I have a bit of a rant. And I and I want to kind of get your opinion on it. Right, and I call I'm my, not one for giving my opinion, but no. I'll I'll try here. And I'll, I I give my rant the the title of major comparison. Major comparison. Okay, so is this like Jeopardy? Is this a pun of some sort? No. Oh, it's right. just yeah. I just uh, but I just wanted to give you a little indication. You can tell me if if you kind of notice the same thing. But you know. Not since 1986 did we see such a masters as we did back in April. You know, Tiger Woods was written off as dead just a couple of years ago with major back problems. And, Rick, you know, I said it on this show then, if Tiger could not fix his back and then calm his swing down to something less violent, he wouldn't win again. But, you know, lo and behold, after numerous surgeries, the back was back. And after much experimentation and parting ways with Chris Cromo, he decided to be his own swing coach. Woods now has more controlled and a more compact swing than I've ever seen him, to be honest with you. But anyway, the 2019 Masters was one for the ages, as Jim Nance liked to say. And, he says um, that about everything. Well, I know, exactly. Everything's for the ages. And, you know, I would say Woods' performance ranks second only to the 86 Masters to me, only because – the way Nicholas won with this closing 65, I mean, look, Woods played a tremendous round of 70 in the final round. It just wasn't quite as spectacular and fighting off a charge. But, you know, irregardless of all that, the crowd reaction was the same, right? It was pandemonium. Oh, it I mean, was pandemonium it, in it my was, basement. It was amazing. In I my... mean, and, and you know, um, you know, I love the guy. Right. Not as good as Jack, but, I, you Probably know, that not. was a great tournament. Now we move to the PGA Championship. <laughs> He's back. You know, move back to May to provide more major continuity and interest, I guess. And no, I think no. it did. No, why did they move it back to May? Let's be honest. We know why. 
because you can't be competing with the NFL. You can't have the final round of a major on an NFL Sunday. I trust. I believe well, there is no reason other than that this was done. It, it's very possible when it comes to that. But I tell you what, as far as um, conditioning of a golf course, May is much more conducive than oh, I'm sure. mid-August in St. Louis as well. well. You know what I'm saying? Or Alabama you just, you know, when they did Shoal Creek. I can remember that. I mean, it looked like that chair seat over there. The greens were that brown by the third round. Anyway, okay. So, for whatever reason, but we see Brooks Kepka, you know, he repeats as a PGA champion. It's his fourth major in his last eight attempts. You know, but it could not have been a starker contrast, you know, watching this tournament in my mind. You know, during the final round at the Masters, the excitement grew. You could feel with every hole until it exploded on the 18th green with roars tears as far as that goes you know and just the feeling that we just watched something special the fourth round of the pga saw a crowd go from watching a basically emotionless kepka start to fall apart with four bogeys in a row and then promptly turning on him you know i mean they, the crowd was chanting that, dj that crowd DJ. was awful all week they were obnoxious you know, i mean i'm not some uptight golf fan but it was come on no. this is a golf tournament. exactly but you know four straight bogeys made it interesting but then dustin johnson faltered at the end and kapka went on to victory you know and this isn't shade at brooks kapka he he could care less anyway but this guy brought nothing to the table to be liked i mean his, his personal success is exactly that it's his uh, you know, he showed absolutely no emotion towards his girlfriend as we, as we witnessed the non-kiss, and she basically bolted. Did you make anything okay. of that? Was that actually I have a no idea. Well, he we'll ba- get into it. I don't want to derail He, he shows no it. emotion towards a gallery. Whenever the row of people, whoever that row of people was that he hugged going up to get the Wanamaker trophy, I mean, he was leaning over, and they were putting arms around him, and he's, he, he looked like his arms are paralyzed, <laughs> hanging at his side. I, I have no idea what that was. He grabs a Wanamaker trophy, and basically he's making love to it, and he'll probably be sleeping with it till at least June. Oh, I don't blame him. And, well, that girlfriend isn't going to be sleeping with him for but I just, yeah, That's for sure. But, you know, you know, look, more power to him, but I just wanted to point this out. Is there any starker contrast when you think about – that performance and what he said last year after his performance last year when he made the the comment if Tiger Woods had done what I'd done I, I forget the exact yeah, word like he's got but, a chip on it yeah he's got but and then you turn around and you look like an android Nick Faldo I mean he had no emotion just nothing and I mean compare that to Woods you know, we're a month away from, like, one of the most monumental golf tournaments we ever saw, correct? And then we watched this. Yeah. I, I, I just wondered if that stark contrast notice got to you because it, it was like, you're a jackass. See, I'll say this. This is a sentiment I have heard more than I picked up on. To say, to look at Woods now and kind of the affable every man as much as Tiger Woods could be, he's become in this most Mm -hmm. recent iteration. Yeah, we had the fist pumps, you know what I mean, when he made a putt. But beyond that, is it – 
He was a robot himself. I mean, he was a golf robot when he played. The only interaction he had with the gallery is to have a fit every time somebody snapped a picture, you know, and there was that click for, for you people old like us who remember when you used a camera to take a picture right. and it made a noise when you did it. I'm not sure. I, I just don't. I always thought that was a knock on Tiger, right? He was a piece of wood out there. Look, and he was you just, know, I've, I've been a, a real hard knock on that guy. Right. I never said he had a good personality. But when he won, when his father was alive, his first, right. I mean, tears yeah. hugging his father, at least with his family. He was human. He was close. He was lovable. This guy is like a, a pillar of salt out there. Yeah. I mean, to his own girlfriend. To, I assume it was his parents was like these older couple that was trying to hug him and all of a sudden he had paralysis in both arms i have no idea <laughs> but yeah i mean there's just something there's one thing look and and i know i've got you know many more years of watching golf than you do but we've seen nicholas was never outgoing ray floyd never was a super personality it but when he got off the course you know when they were interviewing him these guys were human Right. Kepka's still just kind of like, you know, this android. I mean, just, I guess it's just, I mean, there's one of two things, right? He's either really, really socially awkward, which I know a thing or two about. You've seen that in action from me <laughs> a, a time or three at yeah. the Pro Football Hall <laughs> yes, of Fame. I have. You know, or is he just that singularly focused? Here's what it seems to me. He's already... You know, four majors in and at 29 years old, he seems a guy who's got legacy on his mind. When he's interviewed, he talks about what he does compared to what Tiger is doing or has doing and talks about what he's doing versus what other guys, Spieth, you know, JT. You know, it doesn't say much about DJ because they're best buddies, I think. But, but you can see that that's where he almost feels like – I wonder if he's a – product of his own creation if that's the right way to spin that phrase where he's kind of singularly focused he's kind of a doll right he's he's kind of a dud and and that's fine but he's out there and then he gets criticized for it and i think it almost then amplifies it where it becomes more focused all right you know maybe you don't like me personally but i'm gonna go out and lap your field and ruin your major and if it wasn't for a 114 mile gale force win from the left to the right on sunday he'd have won that tournament by 15 strokes not by two it's just, they say that's his one achilles is when that wind blows left to right on his tee shot and who would know this but i i think i started right i think i heard steve Sands say it, and I trust anything Steve Sands has to say about golf. So <laughs> trust me, I didn't come up with that on my own, I, I guess is what I'm saying. But I don't know. I don't need him to have a bunch of personality. I, I, I never understand why. Here's the thing. We, we criticize team sports players, and, you know, we probably have to get into Antonio Brown here at some point before the show is over. You know, we criticize team sport players, team sport athletes for being me guys. When it's a me sport, I'm fine. Be about me. You know, maybe his mom sucks. Maybe he doesn't want to hug her and he just feels obligated. You know, maybe that girlfriend is just some, I got a bunch of money, bunch of majors. That's the hottest skag I could find at the bar last week. I'm going to keep her rolling until the next one comes better. I'm focused to go out and win a golf tournament. This isn't for your kissy Instagram picture later on. I don't know. I'm making excuses now. All of this to say, I really don't care. 
It's I, fun to watch. Actually, you know what? It's, yeah. Here's what I my criticism of him, and it's not an actual criticism. He's boring to watch golf because it almost looks too easy. He he's never in trouble. What was cool about Tiger, even in his heydays when he was dominating, he always, always three or four times around got himself in some crazy predicament, and then would get himself out of it with some miracle shot. Not Brooks, three twenty-five dead central. Six feet from the pin, he either makes the putter, he doesn't, and we move on to the next one, right? That's he's that darn good right now. So I think if there's some, I honestly wonder if that isn't more of it than his actual personality that it amplifies his lack of personality because it's really not exciting to watch him golf because he's either he's either a non-factor or he's lapping the field like he did last week, and there's just nothing exciting about his game. It's just perfection, and it's just a matter of anybody else can keep up with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I He's not to the point yet where he's just too damn good in my mind that I'm, I'm not going there. And, and look, when I, he's good, he's too damn good, though. Have you noticed that? It's funny how it's is. always in majors. Every, everybody is. And, and look, we thought about this speed with Jordan Spieth about three right. years ago. Well, and the, yeah, he could drop off, and that's the next thing. We and, thought it with Justin Thomas. We thought it was Spieth. Yeah. We thought it with Rory, and they right. drop off. And that's why – we still talk about Jack Nicholas. We still talk about Tiger Woods. We still right, talk right. about, you know, your Walter Hagens, Gary Players, because they won majors for years. Yeah, can you sustain it over a 15- right. or 20-year career, which right. none of these young guys have done. They come out. Now, 4-8, and eight, Rory might have been close. Was he 3-7 and seven or 3-8 and eight Something maybe? like that, yeah. I he mean, was he, close. 4-8 right. and eight is That's a tough. different animal. And let's not forget, Tiger won four in a row. Right. So, I mean, and, you know, things – yeah, here, here's another thing. You know, back before there was a Masters and before there was a PGA, the four majors were the U.S. Open, British Open, U.S. Amateur, British Amateur. You know, and they talk about Kepka and, and, and Tiger, even Jack and so forth. Bobby Jones won 13. He retired at age 28. He retired Third? at 28? 28. He was a lawyer. He didn't make no – he, was, he yeah. never was a pro golfer. Yeah, he was an amateur. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, so, yeah, you're not that damn good yet. So, I mean, and there's no knock on him. He, yeah, he's awesome. You know, and, and I could care less if he has a personality. That really wasn't a point. I yeah. just noticed the stark contrast of basically crowd reaction oh, and myself man. as a viewer reaction watching the Masters – Oh, to yeah. the PGA, it wasn't even no. the same tournament. No, the I don't know if it's the commercial success, literally commercial, with the Nike and with the push in what Tiger was for so long that makes him so compelling. You know that obviously Brooks Kepka isn't, but he stirs something in everyone. He he really does, and it, it it's just amazing. And golf is better. When he's playing well, yeah, that was who Tiger. Yeah, sure. That was awful on Friday. I watched every stroke of his Friday round. I don't think he hit a fairway. He was in the hay because Tiger Woods is the only golfer from the generation that we have now. Right, your Spieths, your Kepkas. You know, your Ricky Fowlers, you know, all these guys between this one and the generation I watched. 
and you know you can even include the younger ones, your Ballesterises and Normans, as they kind of gotten older. Right. Tiger took it and ran with it. But you know, let's face it, Mickelson won five majors. Tiger won around for those ones. Right. <laughs> okay. And so I don't even want people to say, well, you know, he had Mick. No, he didn't. No. You know, and, and Tiger was the only golfer of that generation, period. And I mean, you look at some of his close major victories, you know, I mean, you don't remember, but you hear me talking about the duel in the sun at, at Turnberry. It was Nicholas and Watson. You know, it was um, Nicholas and Palmer at the, at the Open, um, so forth. You know, those kind of things. You know, Tiger's only close majors. Tiger and Rocco Mediate. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger and Rich Beam. Yeah, where where are they at? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Where's Rocco? <laughs> yeah. That's the stark difference between... That's why... Tiger is golf is so much better when he's oh. playing well, because if he's not head to head with Dustin Johnson or Ricky Fowler or somebody like that, nobody cares. Well, and think about it honestly, and you're right. Anybody my age down to about what twenty five, he's the only golfer we know. Yeah, he's the only reason for the most part, mm-hmm. unless we grew up in a family of golfers. Right. Or massive golf fans, someone like you. The only reason we even watch, believe me, he, Tiger Woods is, and that's why I always have a soft spot for him. I'm not a, you know, people like to pretend, and I, I don't need to pretend. The only reason I have ever number one watched a golf tournament or number two picked up a golf club is simply because of Tiger Woods. Right. He made it cool when I was in high school. Well, when I was in my formative years, he made golf cool. When you're in high school, you do what's cool, and so. Yeah, he's that. He's 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 a generation. There's like it, it, the, the exactly Jack and right. Arnold in that old generation. Well, you talk about the Tiger generation, and then whatever we have now. Well, that was the thing because like I grew up, I was spoiled, right? Because oh, yeah. I remember Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, Tom right. Watson, name the Ben Crenshaw, Johnny Miller, Hale Irwin, Ray Floyd, on and on and on. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and for me, it was Tiger, Tiger Woods, <laughs> exactly, or. Marshmallow Man, Phil Mickelson, yeah, who faltered every Yeah, he'd find a way to F something up spectacularly, right. which was fun to watch. But I wouldn't have seen him F it up spectacularly were it not for Tiger Woods. Exactly. So. You're right. All right, that's a lot of golf talk, Rick. I'll tell that's you. okay. It's golf that's, season. That's true. It, it's it's golf season. When was the last time you swung a golf club? It was, let me think, just a minute. This is, what, 2019? So it was probably... God, it must have been about 2013. Oh, I went out more shoot, recent than I thought. Maybe 12. I can't remember. I went out and shot 83, threw the clubs in the garage, and said, I ain't playing no more. What, because you were mad that you shot at oh, 83? I, I, yeah, I, I don't don't shoot oh, stuff like if that. If I could hit the turn at 83, I'd be yeah. swinging <laughs> well, around like a helicopter, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I used to play a lot of golf. I used to play competitive golf. So, I used I mean, to play a lot of golf, too. I just never got any better at no, it. No, you used to ride around a cart and drink a lot of beer. Well, I did that, too. <laughs> See, but I'd hit you, the ball several times. <laughs> yeah, the idea is not to hit it several times. Well, I understand, but one thing I <laughs> never never got ripped off on around i have seen every inch of every golf course i've ever played on there in a blade of grass <laughs> i didn't touch when when i was out there 
So, Rick, we mentioned it. I'm just going to keep this real high level. It, it, it's, it's old news now, but we, like I said, we've been off the air with December. What do we do? What do we think about Antonio Brown, Richard? I, I don't know what to do with this. The latest news, the only reason it's on my mind, I'd actually done a good job of sort of packing it away after the trade and, and quit reading you know, all the absurd things he's saying or tweeting or Insta-facing or, or whatever else he's doing. But uh, there was a – I'm sure everybody saw the highlights on ESPN. I actually saw it here locally on the news, kind of a – contrition type of one-on-one interview with Ben Roethlisberger and a, a local news guy, Bob Pompiani, where, where you know, it, for, for Ben Roethlisberger, it was actually very self-reflective, right? Something we didn't see a whole lot, and, you know, he didn't necessarily handle it well, and he criticized him too harshly. And Antonio Brown, you know, bites right back, two-faced, you know, just right away yeah. coming at it. We've seen diva wide receivers before, Rick. I don't think I've ever seen a tailspin like this from from one person. Where do we go from here? I I, I, I don't even know what my question is or what the conversation. No I don't know what to make of it. The, the, he look, I mean, he is going off the deep end. He was attacking Heinz Ward for crying right. out loud. He was attacking Juju Smith Schuster, who did nothing but praise the yeah. guy for you know constantly. He took a swipe at him for praising him, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he goes to Oakland and you know, very first day of OTAs, where's Antonio? He's not around. Le'Veon up in New York. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, good riddance. You know, being, you know, from the Pittsburgh camp, you know, I'm glad. Are they great talents? Of course they're great talents. But this is – it has gotten to the point where it was a malignancy that was taken over the entire team. And they had to get rid of – they had to cut bait, and that was it. And and I'm glad they did. Now, this also is going to be two interesting points that I'm very interested in going into the Steelers' year. Number one, I think it's a real telltale – on Mike Tomlin's future. Okay, these guys are gone. They're, your scapegoats are now gone. Yeah, this it's is you gone. And ben now. It's not. It's not even scapegoats. Okay, I mean, okay, they, you know, superstars kind of got out of control. You maybe weren't in that kind of situation as a coach. Didn't quite know how to do. It. Okay, they're gone now, buddy. Take this team. Right. It's yours. It starts with you. Number two. Will Ben's interception totals go down? Because he's not worried about trying to get the ball to the diva and going on rants on the sideline because he's not getting enough catches. Maybe Ben will play a smarter brand of football with the receivers that he has. Maybe. Maybe. Going back to your first point, that's something I find myself sitting around pondering. I got a lot of free time on my hands. But I think about... Which is good considering the last six months you've had none. Right, right. You know, were the Steelers as an organization sort of drugged down by two kind of rogue? You know, and I almost hate to at this point. I'm not going to do it. You know, as big of an issue as Le'Veon Bell was, he was nothing compared to Antonio Brown. Essentially, he said, <clears throat> right or wrong, pay me or I'm not coming back, and he didn't come back. And so I'm not even going to put him in that category. So you take Antonio Brown and you take him out. Was the reason the Steelers appeared or were so dysfunctional over the last two or three seasons 
because of Antonio Brown, or did the Steelers being dysfunctional, and to your point, perhaps Mike Tomlin, and, and to maybe a greater extent even Ben Roethlisberger and his leadership style, lead to what Antonio Brown is? I, it's like a chicken or the egg type of situation for me. I have no feeling on what the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be this upcoming season. Obviously, they have a talent downgrade. Obviously, they have a locker room upgrade. Or we think it's obvious. Or is the defunction, is it a dysfunction? Are the inmates running, running the asylum so prevalent in the Steelers' locker room under Mike Tomlin that that created the monster that is Antonio Brown? Or did the Antonio Brown being a monster put that perception onto a franchise that we never thought about that in the past? I think there's a combination of things, to be honest with you, Rick. I think Mike Tomlin, number one, was all, always known or at least like to be known as player's coach. Right, right. Okay. There's a difference between a player's coach and a head coach. Because I think they can both be the same. Pete Carroll's a player's coach. We all know that. Right. But he has control over the team. He's older, old enough guy. He's He's been through a lot more than Mike Tomlin has. Oh, absolutely. And I think this is a real learning situation for Tomlin. You can't be nice. Okay, we, we go back to the locker room thing when he's given the speech to the team and Antonio's recording. Crap, right, right. All right? And nothing was done. That starts the snowball rolling. We saw it last year at the very beginning of the holdout of Le'Veon Bell when I think it was um, Foster, Ramon Foster tweeted out Something kind of, you know, you're not a team guy. You're right. not being with us. That stuff's always been a locker room. Their stuff had been brewing. You know, oh, it, it tells me that Bell and Brown, you know, weren't teammates. They were the Barry Bonds type of guy. You know, he sat <laughs> in his be. own easy chair somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And people were starting not to like that. And Tomlin didn't address it. That's my theory. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, that said, and I, I think – you know, what I don't like is the criticism he gets or the Steelers get and whatever, and I don't think he worded it well, and I'm, I'm blanking on the quote now. I don't have it in front of me. But that Kevin Colbert made in terms of, you know, this is Ben's team. Of course, Ben's going to do what he wants. That's a huge paraphrase. I don't remember right. exactly what he said. But, but let's make no mistake here. That's the way it works. You think Aaron Rodgers isn't running Green Bay? You Tom think Brady. Brees, Tom, well, maybe not Tom Brady. That might be the lone <laughs> exception. No, but Tom Brady runs that team right. when they're on the field. Somebody runs a, a right wrong, yeah. he's screaming his head off. Right. He doesn't care what Belichick's yeah, when, doing. And that's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going. To, to that point, he's a great teammate when he does things sure. like that. Ben Roethlisberger's a diva. Look, make no mistake about it. As great as a player he is and the great things he's done in the franchise for the franchise, and as far as I'm concerned, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, great guy in the community, but Ben Roethlisberger is a difficult personality. He's a me guy. He's a. I say this all the time on this show. I've said it a hundred times before, where he reminds me of Roberto Clemente. You know, I've read it was before my time for the most part, but I remember reading things about Roberto Clemente. If you went up to him and asked him how he was doing, the answer was never, oh, I'm all right. Well, my elbow hurts a oh, yeah, little bit, my definitely. shoulder, my yep. knee. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's that type of guy. I don't think it matters. It's still that's his team. So I think he has some he has a lot of blame in this. But I think then 
And I've heard this criticism where I've seen this from from Pittsburgh fans as well. <coughs> well, we have the best wide receiver in the league. We have the best running back in the league. And the quarterback can't get get along with them. So we get rid of the wide receiver and the running back. And this is awful. You know, we're letting Ben run the thing. You're damn right you are. Because quarterbacks ask every franchise in the league – at some point in their history, these guys come around once a generation. Right. Once every 20 years, you get one of these guys who's going to take you to and win you multiple Super Bowls. As long as he's not waving a gun in that locker room, yeah, he can do what he wants. And if he doesn't get along with somebody, I don't care if that somebody's the best in his position in the league, he's got to go. So these guys probably should have gone a couple of years. Although I've never heard of any friction between Ben and Bell. That's that. No. I've, as time has gone on, i become more willing to believe that was just about contract. Ended up being misguided because I think at the end, I never understood all the math, but he, he went to New York for basically what he was going to get in Pittsburgh, if not a little bit less. But obviously there was a huge personality clash between A.B. and Ben. And I'm sorry, I don't care if A.B.'s Jerry Rice in his prime. Ben Roethlisberger, there ain't going to be another one. We're going to be real sad in three years when that man retires and we're watching every Tom, Dick, and Harry Mason Rudolph in the world flumble around till for another 20 or 25 years till you find the next one of him. Right. So you're damn right that's the guy who's sure. going to go. And you go back, I don't care how far back you want to go. Uh, you, know, you go back to the Colts way back in the 50s and 60s, John Unitas. Ran that team, right? Bart Starr, right. you know, the Packers, Roger Staubach, the Cowboys, Bradshaw. I mean, you can just go on and on through the years, and it's the quarterback. You're absolutely correct. I mean, you know, with the exception of, you know, the Barry Sanders in Detroit because they never did have a quarterback no, and, and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, it is. It doesn't matter who you are. That quarterback is the guy. Well, and I think you have to put it into context for it to get to this level, just how bad it is. I, and I think I never really played competitive football. So that's a locker room of, you know, 53 guys. I think here's what the people who have never played sports don't know in any team, be it the 53 guys on a football team, the 30 whatever on a baseball team, the 12 guys in a basketball locker room. Half of them can't stand each other. They can put that aside and go out and play as a team, but they're not hanging out. They're not buddies. It's no, we're not hanging out, kumbaya, circle jerk in the locker room. This isn't happening. Right. So there was issue. Of course, there was issues in the locker room, and it gets magnified when it gets this bad with the Steelers locker room. Well, this guy didn't like this guy, and this guy said, no, no, this stuff happens all the time. It's just they usually deal with it there. You had a couple outliers who took it to social media. It's probably going to become more prevalent as the years go on with this stupid social media. Right. But took it out to the masses. So. I, I don't know. It's, I'm going to be interested. I, I don't know what to make of the situation quite yet. I don't either, but I, I'm i just glad that John Gruden has to deal with it this year. What do you um, think about it? Let, and, and then you go up to the uh, up to New York. <laughs> Adam Gase, <laughs> Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell, yet you know we have Le'Veon Bell traded for, and so now we – fire the guy that did that that and signed Adam him cj mosley yeah and you let him run the draft where you had the number three right. overall pick then you fire him right really <laughs> i mean what a joke i i, I don't get I, it i mean you know you tweet all you want about the debacle the giants are <laughs> i mean the jets thing is is, is hysterical i mean it really is and, and 
you know, I'm not so sure that the Giants didn't make it out better in the offseason than the Jets did. (laughs) There's going to be less dysfunction. I'll tell you this. My favorite player in the National Football League for the next couple years till he inevitably flames out is going to be Daniel Jones. I actually, you know me, Rick, I kind of lack in empathy at times. I feel bad for this. This kid did nothing wrong except get drafted 10 spots higher than these draft nicks on Twitter and in the sport, in the draft nick community thought they should be and his character has gotten assailed to a level i can't believe this i hope he comes in and becomes joe montana on steroids i i am rooting for this kid so this is ridiculous well it goes right back to your little mini rant at the beginning of our show when you know it, it gets to the point if you rank somebody two spots different than what some other bozo thinks I mean, they assail your character. Right. And, you know, fortunately for us, we could care less. Yeah. But, I don't know, have any character to assail. No, so. that, that's a good point. But did you hear about the mystery in Jackson, Mississippi? I did not. Yeah, residents of a neighborhood in Jackson, Mississippi are confused. I can believe that. By, you can probably stop right there. By, no. Oh, by right. bowls of mashed potatoes they're finding on their cars porches and in mailboxes <laughs> this isn't real as it you is this on the onion uh resident jordan lewis described the bellhaven neighborhood as a quirky one with residents decorating road signs and putting christmas trees in potholes so we don't know if someone is just playing a prank or if someone just had a lot of leftovers lewis said but sebastian jernigard says some residents fear there's something more sinister behind these potatoes what, the, the mashed potatoes are a warning <laughs> some some people were thinking maybe the mashed potatoes were poisoned to kill animals he said noting that he almost stepped into a bowl of potatoes tuesday i didn't i didn't i, I didn't taste it I didn't taste it. I have a three-second rule, so I didn't touch it. But some people were worried. It is unclear if anyone has eaten the potatoes, and news outlets report residents haven't alerted law enforcement. Resident Michaela Lynn says some of potato finders have connections to a local private Christian university, which may be a clue. Well, so they're the devil's potatoes? Is that what this is? I don't know. I almost stepped on a bowl. I didn't taste it. Well, I would hope not, you jackass. It was on the ground. Yeah, Thank God. That, that was kind of a disjointed sentence. <laughs> and then he threw in the three-second rule. The three-second rule isn't three seconds from when you step in it. It's when you drop it, right? For three days. Who knows how long it's been there? I just thought that was an interesting story. So they haven't got law enforcement involved. Yeah, only in today's world, though, where we would think, yeah, you know what? They're trying to kill me with these mashed potatoes, right? Because if this guy wants you Because the world is so angry yes, now. Because, first of all, you're so scary important, somebody out there wants you dead, right? And so what better way yeah. is to bait you with mashed potato- cold mashed potatoes yeah. on the hood of your car? That'll get you that'll every get time. It. That'll get it. Yeah. <laughs>
I have this debate with my wife all the time. What, mashed potatoes? No, no, not mashed potatoes. No, not, not potatoes. So, so, as you know, I told you today, and anybody who knows, if you can find my address and you want to stop by, I leave my house wide open all the time. I wasn't sure I was going to be here when Rick got here. I said, well, you know, the door is going to be open. Just come on in. She wants to lock doors all the time. She's the type who parks her car in the garage, which is locked, locks the doors to the car, and brings the keys into the house in the garage. You want to steal from me? My keys and my keys are in the ignition, and my wallet's sitting in the center console of my truck. So, you'll be good there. But beware the vicious yeah. dog. And, and when we're home, you know, we're we're locking the doors to keep yeah. everybody out. And I, and I always say that, who do you think you are that you're that important that somebody's going to come out of their way to come up to the middle of nobody gives a shit Western Pennsylvania to murder you? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Leave that door open. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. But I that's mean, what people think. Oh, there's a bowl of mashed potatoes. I have no explanation for it. So somebody must be trying to murder yeah. me because I'm so scary and poor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, How I'm, do you get I'm there? the same way. You know, I mean, come in through any door. You know, I mean, if you, if you, have malice on your mind good luck i got a 110 pound german shepherd who really loves me and i've got you know plenty of shotguns so yeah. i mean you know, it's fine there's like, like two guns within sight right now here yeah, exactly here, so. and we both know how to use them but so i mean i mean get, we're fine how do you get to and plus we drink a lot well, so there, there is that yeah there is that which is going to be the theme of the show coming up well but. yes indeed <laughs> Let's assume, what are you talking about? Let's assume mashed it's a, potatoes. Yeah, let's yes. assume it's a prank. Well, what has to go through your mind to think, hey, you know, I've come up, and I'm sure you have in your lewds days back in the '60s and '70s. The what days? Your lewds days back when you oh, used lewds. I thought you said luge, like you're riding the luge, like in the Olympics. I right? would pay a lot of money to watch you take a luge ride. <laughs> I, I really. You'd would. have to because it'd be my first and last. <laughs> I'm sure. That's true. <laughs> But come up with some harebrained schemes and some stupid yeah. things to do. But how do you think? Watch it. You want to freak hey, people out? Let's make a Rick, big pot. I of got a great idea, man. <laughs> what? But you know Let's what? Let's make some mashed potatoes. <laughs> it works. I'm not hungry. No, no, man. Listen, listen. We'll make a whole bunch of them, and we'll get a bunch of different bowls, <laughs> and we'll put them in the bowl. See? Yeah. And we'll take them to people's houses. Yeah. We'll put them in our car and in our mailbox and on our porches. <laughs> huh, wouldn't that be cool? It's like Chris Farley. Yeah, that was cool. You know, <laughs> it's kind of it worked. You get two dopes in a basement somewhere talking about it right now. That's a lot of fun. How much time do we have? Ah, uh, let's see. Oh, we see. got lots of time. We have about. What we got left here? Thirteen minutes. All right. Well, I'll tell you. Will you hey, got we something know, else there? As football season is coming up. Hey, unless you had something. No, no, I was just going mean, to wrap I, it up. No, I was just going over um, some numbers from, uh, you know, some of the um, the fan duels and the draft kings, you know, the betting sort of things. And um, they've come up with the um, projected amount of wins for NFL teams oh, okay. so early. And I just wanted to get, you know, we'll go through just a few. I'm not going to go through all 32. That's some of the – projected win numbers i just want to get an over under for you from you i like it and you know uh let's here's a good one here i love looking at this one they've got uh, cleveland at nine and a half i'll tell you what that's the toughest one to handicap i would be equally less surprised if that team went 12 and 4 if they went 4 and 12 
we, we we've seen this before. They've got so much talent. There's Baker do. Mayfield is the real deal. They should take that next step next year. But in football, that's the one time where you just keep bringing in the names and it doesn't necessarily work. I'm, nine I'm, and a half is a tough number. I'd probably go over, but that's I'm a tough number. I'm going over because I can see 10 and 6. That's a tough That's After a perfect a seven, number. After 7-8 in one year. I, but, yeah, you're right. It, it is extremely tough. Here, here's one that kind of struck me as a, as a tough one if you think about it. Think about that division. Houston, 8.5. Indianapolis sure is a lot better. Jacksonville's projected to be more what they were a couple years ago than last year. Tennessee still, eh, Tennessee, they're always hanging around. So, I mean, eight and a half is kind of tough well, you that put on to Houston. The, that had to be the easiest number to calculate because every year since David Carr left, that team has won seven or eight right. games. That's but that's the thing. Are you going over or under an eight and a half? They, well, if they make the playoffs, they get to nine. So, between seven and nine, that's the perfect number. I, right. That, I'm, that's my question to you is, you going over eight and a half? You going to the nine and seven? Or are you going seven and nine or eight and eight? I think there's – Watt can't stay healthy. I think they're seven and nine. I think I think Indy's back. I'm I with you. Andrew I'm going Luck's under. Back. Yeah, and I think they dominate that division. I'm with you. I'm I'm going under. Um, let's see. Here's another one that I think is kind of funny, really. But they got the Jets at seven. I'm gonna say under. When when we have dysfunction before Memorial Day. I, I don't know how you turn it around. And when's the last time a head coach succeeded as a GM? I agree. If you name the next time will be the first time. So, yeah, that, that's a mess up there. I agree. Carolina, seven and a half. Boy, there's another one. There's Houston all over again, right, except for the, the Super Bowl year. I got to go over. I, I, I'm – Everything is pointing to at least right now Cam Newton's back to yeah. Cam Newton health. And I'm buying yeah. into the Christian McCaffrey walking around looking like the incredible Hulk hype. I really <laughs> yeah, am. I, love I am that. getting sucked into that. I'm seeing pictures of arms that his biceps look like your bald head. And yeah. I, I usually scoff at things like that for whatever reason. I am completely wrapped up in the Christian McCaffrey <laughs> hype. I don't know if it's some latent homosexuality or I actually think he's going to have a great season. I'm not certain. I, I, kind of hoping it was just more of like partiality to Marvel comics. Well, I, could know. be that too. Well, but. God, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I'm always I'm going over just based on Christian McCaffrey's new workout regimen. Here's one that I think is extremely easy for me, and that's Washington at six. I'm going under. Wait, all right, here we go. Right, same old, same old skins. Reuben Foster's already gone. Gone for the year. Look. Haskins should be. I always liked Dwayne Haskins. I probably just liked him because I tend to we sit, tend to see a lot of Ohio State right. basketball around the, these parts. But he's not a step in and take over day one type no. of quarterback. He's more of a development guy. And Case Keenum, really, <laughs> Case Keenum. Right. You know, we you got uh, guys coming off the injury. Look, still yeah. good defensively. It's the same team as last year, right? Still good defensively. Big a questions seven and on nine offense. team. Big right. questions on offense. Right. So I, I could see them really depending on how quickly or slowly Haskins develops. I can see him being a four or five win team. That de- defense right. is probably too good to be that bad, but I wouldn't be stunned if they only won five or six. Seven might be the high end for them. I tell, yeah, I agree. And finally, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up with well, not necessarily show, but this little segment here. Cincinnati five and a half. Boy, it feels about right. I mean, they addressed the offensive line. Yeah, they but, did. But they're all rookies. But that's really all they addressed. 
you know, it comes down to Andy Dalton, I guess, right? That division is going to be pretty good, though, right? I, I think the Steelers are still probably the favorites in that division. Baltimore, we'll see with Lamar Jackson. I think that's a conversation we have at some point over the summer oh, yeah. where we fall Definitely. on Lamar Jackson. But they're still – they're not Ray Lewis's defense, but they're still a good defensive still solid, team. yeah. You know, you bring in Ingram, you know, so – Baltimore solid coming off a win in that division. Yeah, there's no secret that they're the worst team in Cleveland's the league. Cleveland's back. Cincinnati so, I'm talking about. So, in the six division games they're going to play, I probably only find one or two wins, which would make five a pretty good number. Yeah. I might, might, might go under. Five and a half, I might say five and go under. I agree. What do you think is the toughest division in football right now? <sighs> hmm. <laughs> the AFC North is a contender for that. The NFC North, I think. It's yeah, I think Chicago's the NFC back. North is Aaron Rodgers is still playing football. You know, Detroit is still Detroit, but Minnesota. I mean, I think right. they should after that disappointment last year. It may be that one for me. Could be AFC West with with the Chargers and the Chiefs, but the Raiders are pretty weak. Yeah, I don't buy the Raiders. And, I don't and care. Denver, how yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not so. I mean, I kind of give them. Put them out there. Now, the NFC South yeah, could be. Yeah, I mean, Tampa's going to stink, but Atlanta should be good. Carolina should be good. We know New Orleans is yep. going to be good. I might go – I'm going to go NFC North, I think, is going to be the toughest division right now. I think so. I, I'm going with you, too. All right. What do you got now, man? I think that's about it. I think we should wrap it up. <laughs> oh, no, we're not done yet. Oh, what, you got more? Because of North Carolina Breweries Post – promise a free keg party in exchange for the return of their stolen ban. It went viral. They went on Facebook, and they put out a post. They find that vehicle in 42 minutes. <laughs> well, you offer free beer. Yes, that's going to happen. <laughs> the, the Unknown Brewing Company, that's what they're called, the Unknown Brewing Company in Charlotte, said in a Facebook post that it would put on a keg party for anyone who found the ban, which was stolen early Monday morning. Please help us find it. Share with all your friends. Whoever finds it, Brad will buy you a keg party, the Post said. If you stole it and bring it back, you will also get a keg party. Smile for the camera, please. DM us if you see it. Lo and behold, um, 42 minutes they had located it, and um, they wanted to thank the entire uh, community. What, what did they say? Oh, yeah, for helping us get our van back by commenting and sharing that they're going to come out with a new brew called Van Theft Auto. And when, <laughs> when it releases, they're going to sell it for $0.25 cents a pint. Oh, God. Just to cover the, the federal taxes they're required to do that, That'll apparently. be like a $0.10 cent beer night in Cleveland years <laughs> exactly. ago. Exactly. And, I mean, I tell you what, that's uh, yeah, free beer. Yeah, you want to get something done. You get results. Done. You want to get something done, you offer free beer. Speaking of free beer, have you ever talked to Alejandro Finkelstein recently? I talked to Alejandro a couple weeks ago. I mean, clearly he's devolved in absolute alcoholism, right? The only contact I have with him is I never knew how this worked, but every time he drinks one of his weird beers that you have to chew somewhere, a tweet goes up and he earns some medal for it. Well, how does that work, though? I don't know, but it literally happens every eight minutes, all hours of the day, Easter, Sunday, you name it. Clearly he's devolved into just yeah, miserable I mean, alcoholism, right? <laughs> I'm sure he Beyond you, even. I'm sure he's not listening to us now. Well, he's no, probably he's unconscious. Face down somewhere. 
<laughs> exactly. I would love to get Alejandro back. I mean, because, you know, I still have these dreams of, of actually, you know, going video and, and yeah. doing that. But without so, Alejandro, I mean, what can we do? Let's put it out there now. If you're in the western Pennsylvania area, if you like to be verbally abused, <laughs> minimally but so occasionally physically abused, not get paid, and are willing to bring us beer. <laughs> we have a job be, for you. To be the producer on this show, hit us up at Asylum Football on Twitter, and we've got just a gig for you. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, it's probably the best couple hours you'll ever spend. Oh, it's fun. We, we have a good time. Yeah, me and you If you bring the beer, we'll let you drink it. You know, you <laughs> yeah, have you to, can have some. You can have some, too. Right. We're not where you buy it, you open it for us, hand it to us, you don't get to have any. So the camera can be shaky. So Now, you have to bring presents at Christmas time for yeah. the Christmas yeah, we show, too. We still have presents sitting here, Mike. To, to kill, kill a mocking. You can you, see how much I paged through it, right? I watched that, that movie. I thought of you the other day. Glad. <laughs> Was it this weekend? I think it was this weekend. I think it was late Saturday afternoon, you know. I come in from mowing grass and all that kind of stuff, and, and I watched the second half of it. Great movie. I mean, it's uh, probably a good book, too. I've never read it, but the, the, the movie was excellent. You want to have fun. Try to explain that, too. I, I brought my daughter to the studio recently, uh-huh. and, and the books sit right here on our time clock. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Alejandro bought me not only To Kill a Mockingbird, but the Cliff's Notes version for Christmas a couple of years ago. And I'm not going to read them, because I think that's the whole point he bought them for me, right? Because he knew I don't, I don't read, so I just hung them up in here. So my daughter says, why do you have those books in the studio? Well, they were a Christmas present. Why did he buy you those? You don't read. <laughs> yeah, well, which that's really kind of says the, a lot about her father. Yeah, that's kind of the point. I, I couldn't get her to understand. <laughs> you can't make somebody from the outside understand what happens well, in here. Well, that's the thing. It's it's kind of like, like you and yeah, you and I watch the Three Stooges. You and I watch Naked Gun. Yeah, oh. sit there, pull her underwear over her head, oh, yeah. and laugh hysterically. My wife does not get slapstick one bit. She does not think any of that stuff. No. You know, we're you, almost you know, late starting sh- the show because sure. we listened to a two-minute montage <laughs> yeah. of burps, yeah. and we lost all track yeah. of time. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what? What is? What is surely you, you're kidding or something right. like that? No, I'm not. Quit calling <laughs> Quit me Shirley. Yeah, that's and, funny. and it's hysterical. That's funny. And she thinks it's stupid. Oh, I, I don't get it. What's well, the same thing? You, yeah. You're trying to explain subtlety. You know, especially to a 10-year-old. They yeah. don't get it. She's 12 now. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, time flies. Yeah, all right. Well, Rick, we are now officially out of time. Great to be back. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back every Wednesday night, round about this time, 6 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday night. Check it out at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com if there's anything you want to hear us discuss, you want to be part of the show. Yeah, 90 seconds. But, you know, this was our inaugural rant talk. I mean, we'll be getting into more different things. We're going to have, like, we're going to try to cover about six six subjects a show. Yeah, a six-pack. And um, a six-pack. Yeah, the Asylum six-pack. So, uh, you know, let us know what you think. All right, till next time. We'll see you. Take care. Sixty seconds. Is it really necessary to, to start interrupting the show at like two minutes?
Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.